Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Today's podcast is going to be a very interesting conversation um, surrounding the UK property market. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by Ian McKenzie, who is the CEO of the Guild of Property Professionals. Ian, thank you very much for joining us today. Jonathan, my pleasure. Thank you very much for asking. So we're conducting this podcast the day after Rishi Sunak's mini budget, major changes to stamp duty in an effort to increase the number of transactions in the market and provide some support there. Um, and that's the, really the detail of the podcast that we're going to get into. But before we do that, Ian, would you be able to just give us a, a brief introduction to yourself and the Guild of Property Professionals and what you do? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So as you uh, kindly said, Jonathan, Ian McKenzie, CEO of the Guild of Property Professionals. Uh, I've been in post for three and a bit years, job that uh, is highly rewarding. Um, the Guild is a, is a network of uh, over 800 best-in-class independent estate agents. In fact, if the Guild were a brand, it would be the largest market share group of uh, any estate agency group in the UK. We sell just under 6% of all homes in the UK, which is, uh, which is a good, good figure. Uh, and agents are specifically chosen because of their expertise, their knowledge, and um, the, the, the Guild kite mark is designed to be a kite mark of trust, integrity and results so that the general public and investors and anybody looking to move can see that logo and know that they've signed up to a code of conduct, that they administer themselves properly and look after their customers. OK, fantastic. So a very deep uh, exposure there into the UK housing market. So, Ian, looking at the changes to stamp duty tomorrow to, to start things off. Um, a brief summary of the changes, obviously very well publicised, but uh, you know those key ones for the UK housing market, what did Rishi Sunak do yesterday uh, in terms of stamp duty? So I've gone directly, Jonathan, to gov.uk to make sure that I get this exactly right. So as of the 8th of July 2020 until the 31st of March 2021, and that's a date worth putting in your diary because there's always there'll always be a scramble at the end, um, that uh, for residential rates on purchases for uh, first and second time buyers, there is a zero threshold now up to five hundred thousand pounds. From five hundred, so for the five hundred up to there is zero. For the next four hundred twenty-five up to nine two five is a five percent levy. Uh, up to one point five million is ten percent levy, and from above one point five million is the twelve percent levy. So there has been a um, complete uh, reduction up to one hundred thousand, sorry, five hundred thousand pounds, and on the basis that the average house price in the UK currently is two hundred and thirty-one thousand eight hundred and fifty-five, we're hoping that very many people can benefit from that. The bit that's really interesting for uh, possibly for your listeners is that the um, additional properties, so the three percent higher rate uh, for purchases of additional um, dwellings, still does apply but you just pay the 3% levy uh, rather than the original part. So it used to be that you would pay the standard rate of uh, stamp duty, which was set at 2% and 5% up to £500,000. Those have been removed 
that you do pay the 3% levy on all purchases up to £500,000. And then from 500 to 925, any investor would pay 8%. From 925,000 to 1.5 million, it would be 13%. And above 1.5 million, if it is a second home or an investment property, would be uh, 15%. That is all available in .gov.uk. Okay, thank you. So there's, and as I said, there for, for investors, there there is still the three percent levy under the uh, uh, the five hundred thousand. So that you know, that there's a, a fee there to be paid, uh, but they won't be paying the stamp duty. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, I mean that that will be if they were buying a second home at five hundred thousand pounds, as an example, that is still a saving because they would have had to have paid an additional um, fourteen, uh, sorry, fifteen thousand pounds anyway. So it is. So it is an additional saving on top of that. So there is benefit, but there is still that levy. Okay. So very, uh, very attractive to property buyers, uh, from first time buyers um, all the way through to investors with this uh, this scheme. Now, in in your view, is this change or has this change gone far enough to support the housing market, given the backdrop of uh, COVID nineteen? Uh, the removal of the furlough scheme, uh, potential increase on, on, on unemployment going forward. Uh, do you think that there could be any more potential or there needs to be any more potential changes here? Or do you think the stamp duty is going to get the job done? Well, uh, that is the million dollar question, Jonathan, at the moment, isn't it, of course? And I don't think that any more could have been done with regards to stamp duty because... Um, the stamp duty is an incentive to uh, to cr- create urgency and to make people change, you know, bring forward plans, etc. Because there there is now a, 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 an end line in state in uh, in sight. Sorry, with regards to a fixed time scale, as we know, it goes up until um, March thirty first next year. Um, the real challenge, of course, is around unemployment and around the other factors that uh, that. Uh, it's all about underpinning the, the wider economy because if there is um, a concern, it is about what is the long-term position and that's why people may sit on their hands in terms of making decisions. So I would say, you know, just to summarise, yes, in terms of the stamp duty, I don't think that anything more was needed to be done. In fact, what had happened post-lockdown post is that we were seeing a remarkable bounce back uh, in terms of activity levels and transaction levels um, prior to the announcement yesterday. Um, Pre-COVID, we were seeing the Boris bounce. It was turning out to be more than a Boris bounce. It was actually looking to be a sustained period of growth. Because the one thing I would say about the housing market, and I've personally been in a, a, an agent for 30-odd years, is that it is a remarkably robust character um, in that it is, uh, it is the bedrock of the UK society. An English person's home is, the, is their castle, is the old expression. And throughout Brexit, Although there was the capacity for a significant downturn, that didn't happen. Transactional levels stayed pretty robust, circa around the million, 1.1, 1.2 million transactional volume for the last three years. And it was anticipated that this year we would see 100,000 more transactions going through. Of course, COVID put an end to that. Um, And it is very much a self-fulfilling prophecy as a housing market. It is based around sentiment. Uh, it is based around do people feel comfortable investing? Do people feel comfortable moving? And uh, the the hope is that with 
the incentive that's been put in place, it may just make people that were thinking of waiting until next year to bring forward their decision this year. And that will create the uh, the urgency that's required to sustain the performance. Okay, so you know, the, the stamp duty is set out to do that to some extent. If that doesn't work, and obviously the negative factors outweigh uh, any positive factors put in by the government, of course, in the past we've had uh, we still have the help to buy scheme. Is there anything more that you think the government could do to support the housing market going forwards? They could, um, they could certainly talk to lenders. For me, the biggest risk is not necessarily the want to move um, or the incentive to move. It's actually the capacity to move because as a first or second time buyer to not pay stamp duty is significant. But if the loan to value ratios that the lenders are actually prepared to give are still low, it would actually um, cut off the, the source at, at, at initially right at the immediate part because we've got to make sure that lending multiples get back to where they were pre-COVID. So um, very definitely they can put pressure on the lenders to make sure that uh, they're prepared to back uh, the, um, the growth in the sector because this is all about the wider economy. We know that housing is such an influencer on other sectors because if you move home, you will uh, invest money on the preparation for that home and then in the new home that you go to. So it has a spin-off in so many other areas. So very definitely they need to talk to the code of mortgage lenders. They need to talk to um, lenders out there per se. And if necessary, underpin um, equities because uh, lenders would be nervous of high loan to values because of a fear of dropping in values. And, And I was an agent in the late 80s and so... I am acutely aware, of course, of how you can end up with negative equity, etc. So it may well be that the government has to do something where that's concerned to fulfil the potential that this cut has made in the first place. Okay, so there's obviously a number of variables to driving the housing market, uh, which have been put in place and, and could potentially put in place. But in what's your view, you're, you're at the, the front lines of the uh, the housing market, you, you see very closely what's happening there. What's your view on what's going to happen on pr- um, house prices going forward in 2020 and through 2021? Yeah, the, and again, well, that, that's the second million dollar question, Jonathan, that you've, you've asked today. Um, prices uh, up until March of this year were up 2.1% year on year, which is was a good performance. We are seeing press at the moment uh, that prices are dropping. This is reporting from lenders during the COVID lockdown period. And it's almost inevitable that when you close the housing market as succinctly as they did for such a long period of time, that, tra- that there was a, that you would see a reporting of a, uh, of dropping in prices. It's not real um, in the respect of the current behavior and the current trends that are showing post lockdown is that the activity is at an 18 month high. Um, that we're at 140% of uh, pre-COVID levels for activity on sales activity. Um, Out in the field, the prices that are being agreed don't seem to show any sign of dropping. They're not necessarily rising. There's no Ferrari going on in terms of uh, outbidding each other and gazumping, etc. But what we are seeing is consumers that feel confident enough to pay asking or very close to asking price on property. 
And so um, in the short term, it's very difficult to predict what is going to happen in the long term. And I've asked, you know, you can ask very many people and you'll get different questions. My personal view is that if uh, the lenders lend at a rate that is, is normal, and uh, just interestingly, at the moment, there's only 14 products at 95% loan to value. Um, and uh, there were 72 at 90%. And this is, this is data that came in on the 26th of June. So I do need to just check the latest levels. Um, but the vast majority of lending was at 85% and lower. We need to make sure that the um, products are available for first and second time buyers at a higher um, loan to, to value ratio to make sure that we fulfill the potential that is coming through, that the number of transactions that we can get through, we do get through. Um, and that has the spin-off into the wider economy. And it's a self-perpetuating piece. And this is what I believe that the Chancellor is looking to achieve. The self-perpetuating piece is that the, the more it feels like we're going back to normal and the more activity there is in, in, a, in the housing market, which is a huge piece in terms of the economy, it will actually stay off the um, redundancies that are feared and it will and it will get companies back to normal, unfurloughing staff first, faster than faster than ever, and actually it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in the respect of people want to move, they can move, they will move. Oh, and we and there is no shrinking of the economy because actually it's actually underpinned itself. So that's that's my belief in terms of uh, the reason that they've um, delivered this uh, this reduction in the first place. In terms of pricing, I, I am an estate agent and, and therefore an optimist. If there is a downturn, I think it would be a V-shape uh, um, quick recovery because it's all linked, inextricably linked to unemployment. The housing market has always been linked to sentiment, i.e. confidence. Um, and I actually do believe that it is and always has been. If you look at the trends over the last 30 years, it's always been such a robust um, uh, mechanism and investment platform that uh, the price is, if there is a marginal drop over a given period due to uncertainty, that it will bounce back next year. Okay, so, I mean, obviously a lot of uncertainty there, but from what you're you're seeing and, and hearing from agents, I mean, sort of how much of the activity at the moment is from sort of pent-up demand or people that are being forced to, to move? Maybe, you know, a couple split up... Uh, during uh, during the lockdown, and you know they don't have much of a choice, or you know they might have uh, ended their uh, tenancy agreements, uh, for example, and, and they have to move in. They don't want to uh, they want to buy somewhere instead of renting somewhere else. Or sort of how much of that pent up demand is, is still there? Do you think in the market? And is there any signs of that uh, ebbing away at all? Um, there, there is. There very definitely was pent up frustration, but it also relates to three years of pent up frustration because of Brexit, because there were people that sat on their hand during that period. Um, in the very early days, there was the fear that it would be a, a short term um, bounce back, but actually the data is showing that it is sustaining itself and in some in some areas increasing in activity. So currently, the data is showing that activity levels shot straight up. Um, and and are continuing at that level. So I have to say that if you were to base the future on the current, you would it would be a rosy picture. Of course, there are lots of um, lots of plays in in this situation yet that are yet to remain uh, unseen. And unemployment, as I said, is is one of those. But certainly activity levels 
from a lettings perspective, from a selling perspective, um, are all very positive indeed. And that's ev- that's everywhere I look. And I talk to a variety of different companies, the major portals, um, chat website chat companies, etc. I speak to all of them, and all of the stats are very high indeed. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, uh, Ian. Just to finish up. So anyone looking at buying property probably as an investment at this point in time, which, you know, what, what sort of the, uh, the one main sign that you'd say uh, to people to, to keep an eye on? If they're, they've been sitting on their hands, um, they're still a little bit unsure, um, what, uh, you know, one or, or, or a number of factors would you say um, keep an eye on this? And, and when you see this change, that's probably the time to uh, deploy the capital into, into property. Um, that's actually a very good question. Uh, I think that um, there will be opportunity at the lower end of the market, uh, very definitely. Um, the lockdown has changed behaviour a little bit in that people at this stage are looking for outside space and thinking about working from home. There is data that shows that people are moving out of cities into, lo- into more rural locations or semi-rural locations. And so there are opportunities for investors very clearly now to look at lower price yields, sorry, lower price properties and therefore higher yields in um, more remote locations. And so it may well have considered uh, that it was a north-south divide. Well, maybe in the new world that we're going to, the north is could be a particular hotspot because the average price is low. Um, we don't yet know what's going to happen in terms of salaries because, of course, there has been a discrepancy with salaries in the north-south divide. But there's a piece of um, research that we're actually undertaking at the moment, which is, does the north-south divide in terms of house prices exist currently or therefore any more? And actually, are other parts of the UK a very good area to invest in from, a, from an investment perspective? So I would definitely be looking at sort of the shift in regional hotspots I think that that's uh, very, very clear. I would probably link it to um, broadband capacity and all the things now that are all about working from home, which is quite interesting. Uh, and of course, I would look at the um, the loan to, to value rates of the buy-to-let mortgages, because the other thing that, that might happen is that the government might start to um, re- reduce or remove some of the taxation burdens that have been put on investors in the past. because they're clearly looking to move away from the private rental sector into a more corporate entity from a rental perspective. So they may well look at at that as well. So those would definitely be the things I'd consider. Ian, thank you very much. That's that's fantastic. Very interesting uh, uh, insight there. And for anybody um, listening to the podcast, in the notes of this podcast, we'll put a link through to the Guild of Property Professionals so you can have a click through and have a look uh, at some more of uh, their insights. Ian, thank you very much for joining us today and being on the podcast. My pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ian. Take care.